everyone! Welcome back to Southern Fried Storytime. I'm so excited to have you back here today, and today we're going to cover another Monster Minute. Warning, this episode does contain stories about child abuse, murder, and kidnapping. There will be mentions of violence, so please be warned and give it a listen before allowing your kids to hear it. It can get a little disturbing because this one is based more on kind of historical beliefs rather than actual fairy tales. So just, uh, you know, be cautious before you listen in on this one. Anyway, it's been a long time since we've had a Monster Minute, and today we're going to talk about changelings. Most of what we know about changelings comes from Irish and Scottish folklore. The, the accounts stem mostly from the Middle Ages through the earliest stories, or sorry, though the earliest stories predate these. In these stories, a person, usually but not always a baby, is taken away by fairies and replaced either by one of their own kind or by a block of wood. Often the fairy replacement was either a goblin or a lesser fairy or an old, unproductive fairy who wants to live out the rest of their days in comfort, being waited on by a human mother. Babies that were most at risk were those who were the most fair or those born with a quote-unquote veil. These children who were born with their amniotic sac over their heads were thought to be more likely to be had, develop some kind of special supernatural powers as they grow up. Usually some kind of gift of like foresight or telling the future, but sometimes some kind of influence on nature, something like that. And this made them superior to regular children and thus more desirable to the fairies. Also, sometimes fairies would bring humans into their group just out of a need for more genetic diversity as well. So I don't know, that's lots of different motivations to kidnap your kids. It's just what every parent wants to hear, right? A baby may also be chosen for having an easier temperament. If they're a good tempered baby that doesn't cry, like I knew a baby once that could sit through church service every Sunday and she'd just happily sit there on her mom's lap, never, never made a fuss or anything she would be a likely choice for a kidnapping fairy, which is terrible. I didn't think that at the time. Now she's a big girl, so it doesn't matter. Um, they were particularly vulnerable the first few months of their life, especially if they did not have a name yet, which having a human name would help anchor them to our world. So this is another part where, you know, I've given you lots of reasons why it might be scary that your baby would be at risk. Here, at least in Western cultures, we tend to name our babies pretty immediately, if not prior to their birth. So this at least would be one way in which most of our children would not really be at risk. But there was an older tradition that still exists in some cultures where you get to know your baby a little bit first to try and pick a name that actually suits them. Several things other than a name could deter fairies from taking your baby. Placing a coat inside out over their cradle would do it. Apparently inside out clothes were a real issue for fairies. It just scrambled them all up. So lots of times people, when they sensed a lot of fairy or spiritual presence, would wear their clothes inside out. Uh, the presence of iron, especially iron scissors, opened to be in the shape of a cross or other crosses. Um, Tufts John's wart is supposed to deter fairies, and of course, um, constant supervision. Problem is, of course, that nobody can watch their child every minute of every day, and often people have to work and cook and do other things. The symptoms of being a changeling are 
vast. They can range from left-handedness and birthmarks to drastic personality changes and a vague feeling of detachment between parent and child. The most common symptoms include a raw, unceasing hunger, a terrible temperament, and never growing bigger or older. In other cases, the changeling may simply appear weak and frail. They may fail to thrive until they pass away. The changeling would often appear normal, though eternally fussy, to everyone besides their own parents. A changeling must be identified and sent back to the fairies in hopes that he will return the child that they stole in the first place. But first, you need to know if your rage-fueled gluttonous baby is really a changeling. One way to do this is to make the changeling laugh, usually by boiling water or soup within the shell of an egg. I have no idea why, but this consistently among all of the different sources I use came up as like the most common test. So for some reason, fairies find this hilarious. I don't, I don't get it, but okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, at this point, it may confess its age as saying something like, I'm as old as the mountains, but I've never seen anything like that. Discomfort in the presence of iron may force them to drop their glamour spell and appear as their real selves. The parents could simply wait, and over time, the quote-unquote baby will appear to shrivel or wrinkle. Its skin may appear yellow or furry. Sharp fangs may emerge from its lips. It just basically can't maintain the spell, the glamour that makes it look like your child, for that long. So over months or even years, the spell may start to slowly kind of fade away. Usually, though, this is so gradual that the parents involved don't notice. Most of the ways to get a confession involve terrible violence, and that's why I threw a warning at the beginning of this episode. This could mean exposure to the harsh winter elements, sitting on a red-hot iron shovel, putting an equally red-hot poker in the baby's mouth, drowning in a bathtub of urine was an option, though procuring one of these does not sound like a fun process to me. I, I don't know about you, but I can't run down to the local tractor supply and find a giant tub of urine, and I'm okay with that not being an option for me. Other times, people boiled foxglove flowers and bathed the baby in the water, but since foxgloves are poisonous to humans, this was often fatal. Other times, a baby's basket would be hung from a hazel branch over an open fire, the baby would be placed inside the basket, and if it screamed, it was confirmation that this was a changeling. I think it's confirmation that the baby has nerves that work, but okay. The baby would be held in place until it died and buried at a crossroads. It was believed that this would be where the parents would find their real baby later. Dear listener, I wish I could say that this is all as fictional as Snow White or Cinderella or any of my other topics. But changeling or not, many children were lost due to these beliefs. In fact, people were encouraged to kill their changeling children, who was seen as, quote, just a lump of flesh, similar to the just a lump of cells argument that infanticide is excused for these days. It's amazing how much humans never change, despite believing that we are, quote, more evolved than a culture that believes in changelings. We use awful similar excuses for awful similar crimes, don't we? Such was the case of Bridget Cleary. At an early age, Bridget was educated by nuns, then took a position as an apprentice dressmaker. When she was old enough to marry, she married Michael Cleary, who was nine years older than her, and a cooper. 
His business in a different town from her dressmaking business made it so that at first they lived separately until they were able to get a new home, a cottage built on what was rumored to be a fairy ring. Shortly after the move, Bridget's mother passed away, which was thought to be the work of fairies. Slowly, the couple began to experience some success until one day, after a long delivery of eggs to customers, Bridget began to feel ill. She had come down with terrible bronchitis. Her fever grew, and the usually strong, independent woman grew weak. So weak that the doctor recommended that her husband call a priest for her last rites. Michael, however, had a very different idea about his wife's diagnosis. He believed that she was a changeling. He spoke to her father, her cousin, and their neighbors, and they were easy to convince. After all, the two of them had no children, which was also attributed to living on a fairy mound. They doused the weak, feverish Bridget with urine and beat her viciously. They spent hours, maybe days, trying to get her to confess to being a changeling. Eventually, they doused her with kerosene and set her on fire. After she died of her injuries, her husband waited for three days for his real wife to return. All he got was a minimal sentence for killing his wife, as did his companions. As recently as 1895, a woman could be killed for being a fairy. She was only 26 years old. 1895 is not that long before people started having like electricity in their house and stuff like that. So we think of this as something that would happen in the Middle Ages because of its brutality, but it was really not that long ago. I mean, it's about 125 years, which sounds like a long time, you know, in the scope of one human lifetime. But in terms of human history, it's not that far away at all. And that's probably the creepiest thing about Bridget's story. There are many possible explanations for the lingering fear of changelings. Some think that it's an early explanation for postpartum depression, a simple reason why a new mother and father may have trouble feeling attachment to a new baby in the family. Others think the stories may come from an inability to, sac to accept or even understand a child with special needs. Often symptoms of disabilities take a while to manifest, and in a time when such things were not well understood, these children were met with suspicion rather than compassion and patience. Another theory had to do with a fear of childbirth in general. When changeling stories were at their height, one in ten women would die in childbirth. From there, there was a 20% chance that a child would pass away before age five. That's one in five chance, guys. When this inevitable loss occurred, it was easier to believe that somewhere a fairy was taking care of their baby and may give it back someday than it was to believe that their baby was gone. Please like, subscribe, and sponsor this podcast by clicking the support link. This episode was sponsored by Anchor, Spotify, and Princess Mary, and I can't wait to tell you another hopefully happier story.